Good morning. Would you please stand? And together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plain. this morning. Let's open up in prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and Lord, we thank you for this day you have given us. While there may be a little rain and a little cloudiness today, in your house, there is nothing but blessing and sunshine as you light the way within our hearts and cast out the darkness. I pray that it would be you that draws us near unto yourself as we lift up our voices in song and prayer. And I just ask that in every way, as we strive to honor you, that we may exalt and glorify you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
as we sing lift high the name of Jesus lift high the name of Jesus of Jesus our King make known the power of this grace the beauty of his peace remember how his mercy reached and we cried out to i 
This morning, I am going to start my message in a little bit more of a unique way. In fact, this Sunday, next Sunday, and the Sunday after, each one you're going to meet one of the individuals that had to do with the birth of Christ. This morning, you're going to meet Mary. She's going to come and do an interview for you. It's about 14 minutes that the interview is. She's a little bit wordy. She's a little wordier than the others. The next week, we're going to interview Joseph. Joseph's not quite as wordy. And then the third week, we're going to meet one of the shepherds. And they're actually even a little less wordy because they're just not people. people. Mary's a people person. You'll see. So we're going to start off with that. And, um, and then we're going to talk about miracles because miracles are a real part of the birth of Christ and our lives so let's go ahead and meet Mary impossible what else can I say it was impossible and unthinkable and scandalous deadly though mostly impossible but in that moment my heart does not say that my heart and my mouth say I am the Lord's servant May it be to me as you say. There is no way to even imagine Mary's emotions when she knew the child she would miraculously conceive, birth, and ultimately parent was the very Son of God. I couldn't have been happier. I mean, I'm going back, back before the moment. My future husband had just paid my father a bride price. It wasn't much. Both of our families were poor. What mattered, the contract was complete. We were now legally contracted to get married a year from that day. I don't sleep much after that. Think of Joseph, what I know about him. Our village is small, there aren't a lot of secrets. He is well known to be righteous and dedicated to the Lord. He follows the law in the smallest details. He's quiet, Joseph, a thoughtful man. 
I wonder what we'll talk about at night. Our future. Where will we live? How will we afford to feed ourselves? What will our children look like? What will our children be like? How hard will it be to have children? Will we be like Abraham and Sarah, or Samuel's parents? They were very old when they had children. Or maybe we will have them quickly? Even thinking about it makes me... I kind of know the facts of life. And I've seen village women have a baby, but I have no personal knowledge. I am a virgin. A man has never so much as touched me. What will Joseph be like as he teaches me what I need to know? I have no answers, but the questions torture me. As the months go by, my life barely changes. I don't get to be with Joseph. I stay home, absolutely protected by my parents. Nothing changes. But one day, we get word that an older relative of mine who is far past childbearing age is miraculously pregnant. We're told that an angel Gabriel appeared to Elizabeth's husband in a dream and told him that they were going to have a baby boy. Soon after, she got pregnant. What a story. An angel to tell you that you're going to have a baby? Gabriel at that. And then there's shock when the angel's words come true. A blessing for sure. After all their years together to finally have a child. I don't want to be like Elizabeth. I don't want to wait until I'm old to have children. I want Joseph and me to have a child right away. For us to conceive on the first night of our marriage would be a dream come true. Like so many times before, my mother takes me to the village well to draw water and wash our clothes. I sit at the well. She looks to make sure there are no men nearby. This time of day is reserved for women, and there have never been any men there before, but my mother never takes chances. She checks, just to be certain. Then she walks over to talk to her friends, all of the women from the village. They huddle closely and discuss the detailed happenings of their lives. It's going to be a while. And then I hear a man's voice. A deep, rumbling man's voice. I freeze, terrified. Being alone with a man in a public place? No, that should not be. I, I want to shout to my mother. It's only been a few moments since she walked away. There's no chance that I'd be accused of wrongdoing. but no sound comes out of my mouth. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. I can't even move. Don't be afraid. God favors you. You are going to conceive and have a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. He will take the throne of David, rule over the Israelites, and his kingdom will never end. It's an angel. 
the man is an angel. And this angel isn't talking about some future time after Joseph and I are married. He's talking about now. About me having a baby now. I can think of nothing to say except point out the obvious. How will this possibly happen? I am a virgin. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Child that will be born to you will be named the Son of God. Silent. I'm absolutely silent. I have no way to process what the angel is telling me. And he continues. Your cousin Elizabeth has conceived in her old age and is six months pregnant. With God, nothing is impossible. Impossible. That word echoes over and over in my brain. Impossible. But my heart, my heart and my mouth say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you say. The next morning, I tell my mother the whole story. She's scared. Scared that I may be hallucinating. Scared that I will tell somebody and start a rumor, then a scandal. She didn't see an angel. She didn't hear anything at the well. During the night, nothing out of the ordinary. In her mind, nothing could have possibly happened. She says the word, Possible. My father comes in that evening. We meet as a family. I tell my story. Papa is like stone. I can't read him. Mama chimes in, tells him the impossibility of the story. Papa is motionless. We pray. We sit in silence. Finally, my father passes judgment. Tomorrow morning, take Mary to see Elizabeth in the hill country. You can watch over her there. Nobody will find it strange that you want to see for yourself that Elizabeth is miraculously pregnant. Return in three months when Elizabeth is due to have the baby. We will know what to do by then. In the morning, before anybody else is up, my mother and I begin walking to the hill country. It takes us more than a week. When we arrive in Elizabeth's hometown, we ask for directions to her house. Of course, everybody knows her and Zechariah, her husband. We stand outside for several minutes outside of her house, trying to decide exactly how to do this. And then my mother simply knocks on the door. We are welcomed in and things go off the rails. Right in front of my poor, sweet mama. I greet Elizabeth. Things go crazy. She springs to her feet. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you among all women and blessed is your baby.
What is this that the mother of my Lord comes to me? When I heard your voice, my baby jumped in my womb. Blessed is she who believes the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. I didn't know if Elizabeth was talking about herself or about me, Mama in shock. Elizabeth saying I'm blessed because I am pregnant. I break out in praise to God. I glorify him in all of his works. I thank him for blessing me. My soul glorifies the Lord. From now on, generations will call me blessed. His mercy extends to those who fear him. Impossible? Less so. For three months, Elizabeth and I praise God. We share our hopes for our futures and our babies. We may be far apart in age, but not in dreams. It is the most joyous time. We are both mothers. Mama, my sweet, fearful mama. For her, the three months drag on. It is obvious now. I am obviously three months pregnant. And it is time to go home to Nazareth and see my papa. And deal with it. Christmas is really a miracle. And when we meet Mary in the scriptures, we are introduced to the miracle that will change all humankind. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 down through, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That's where it begins. That's where it begins to talk to you and I about the coming Messiah, the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Miracles happen. They happen today. Within our church, there are miracles. Every time Sandra Jo comes up to play the piano, she's a miracle. About eight years ago, they told her she only had either three years to live or transplant of her lungs, and neither have come to pass. She still comes, plays the pianos. She has her struggles, but she is an answer to prayer. She is a miracle. Patience, right over here. Stand up, patience, for those who don't know you. Patience is a miracle. She had, she had gone ahead and had a brain aneurysm, was in the hospital for months. She had infections in her brain. It is a miracle, a miracle that she is walking, talking, giving her mom and dad a hard time. <laughs> it's a miracle. You and I, every time we come to church, to Victory Baptist Church, I think back to 35 years ago, when Sandra Joe and I pulled in and the old antique shop was here and there were 20-something people here. And God did a miracle. Not me. God did a miracle. And today we come and we worship here in a miracle. In your life, when you look around, there are miracles that pass you by that you don't even recognize. Mary was just a young woman. Yes, a young woman who knew and loved God. And she, she lived in a village of people who were dedicated and committed Jews. A spouse to a young man who clearly also knew and loved the Lord. 
But God was going to do a miracle that was far exceeded who she was or her circumstances. It was really about God, not about Mary. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All the way back in Isaiah's time, he said there would come a miracle. A woman who's never known a man would bear a son and that son would be Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. The Lord had a purpose in this, in this miracle. He looked down and he saw a world. Before he ever created it, he saw that there would be people who were separate from him because of sin and destined for hell because of judgment. And God determined all the way back before the foundations of the earth that he would do a miracle and he would have the Savior born for you and I. That we ourselves might come in repentance and find salvation in him. You see, miracles are really about God's work. Whether it be in the year 2023, or all the way back at the time of Jesus, or all the way back when he spoke into existence all the heavens and the earth and all things therein. God keeps his word. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. That's a powerful, that is a powerful verse. For us to understand that before the world ever began, God made a promise and he kept his word because God cannot lie. The virgin birth, absolutely, when you're watching this little interview and uh, the young lady who plays the role of Mary, when she says the word impossible, you could, you could change that word to miracle. Because God does that which is impossible. That others step back and look at, that cannot be. But it can. Why? Because it is God. When you look at our text there in Matthew chapter 1, you go to that verse 18, and it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. And I love the fact the Bible is so matter-of-fact. There's no lead-up to that to, to help prepare us for what's coming. He's just going to tell us, this is how Jesus was born. As, as if the miracle is common. Because with God, miracles are common. For you and I, we step back and we think, mm, I don't know. And God says, what? what are, you, are you thinking that it's, it's any harder for me to go ahead and have a young lady bear a child by the work of the Holy Ghost than it was when I gathered up the dust of the earth, formed a man and blew into him the breath of life? For God, miracles is common. Whether it be somebody you know like a Sandra Joe or a church that is miraculously touched by God's hand or whether in your life you see the Lord do something that, and you just step back and you say, that's a miracle. For God, it's common. It's who he is. So when we look at this text and we start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, and I want you to catch that. Because the Bible is going to drive home the point that Mary is a virgin. Before Joseph and Mary came together, because there's all kinds of critics, all kinds of people who want to cast doubt on who Christ was, the morality of Mary, the events of his birth. But the Bible is very clear. Before they came together, she was found with a child 
a child of the Holy Ghost. I love the fact that when we come down through these verses, we are introduced to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost all within just a few verses. Because it is the work of God as he does this miracle. As we read down, of course, Mary referenced it, a, an angel came to speak to her. Just as an angel had gone to speak to Elizabeth. Just as an angel will be at the tomb of Jesus to talk to the disciples. We forget sometimes that we live in a very spiritual world. While we may not see angels, they are there. God's hand is at work. And all about us is this spiritual battle that takes place between the forces of evil and the forces of righteousness. This is transpiring. We may not see it, but it is real. It's a miracle. It's not, it's not what you and I can do, but it's common for God. It's his work. When you look down at verse 23 in our text, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. As we come into the Christmas season, we celebrate Jesus. Jesus, the name Jesus means God saves. Emmanuel, it means God with us. Christ, it means the anointed, the Messiah. We come and we celebrate the presence of God to die for your sins and my sins. Came and he lived 30 some odd years, about 33 years. Came for the sole purpose to give himself for you. The greatest gift that could ever be given. Who can imagine God caring so much for the measly human beings upon this earth in the vast universe that we can't even measure. And he cares about you. He cares about you. All you have to do is go to a large sporting event. Have you ever been to a large stadium where there's thousands of people? And you look around and you are just a little tiny dot. Or go to Google Earth. Let's bring it back to the year 2023. Go to Google Earth and pull up your house. Then zoom back a little and look at your city. Zoom back and look at your state. Zoom back and look at your country. Zoom back and look at your continent. And zoom back and look at your world. And God miraculously cares about you. It's humbling. It's incredible. It's amazing. When you read that God sent his son, Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, born of a virgin, that he might come to pay the price for your sins and for mine. It's incredible. It's why the world celebrates. Now, granted, marketers and business people have made a fortune off of Christmas. And we could resent that. But the reality is, I can't change that, but I can celebrate the miracle of Christ. I can find the way within my heart, within my life, within my family, within my church, within my community, to have a part in celebrating the miracle of Christ. Can you imagine Mary? 
I think the, the young lady that paid, played the role, she, I think she did a great job. Especially the, the, um, the costume. Because she talks about how poor she was and how poor Joseph was. And then when you get the shot, her jeans are all worn out, completely worn out. You can tell she's been working. She's poor. So I, th I saw that. I thought, Phew. Almost made me want to take up an offering to just buy her a new pair of jeans. I know, I see the kids leaning over to their parents. Doesn't he know that's the style? I know. But she does a great job about bringing us to the place and time to understand, can you imagine what it had to be like to tell mom and dad, to tell Elizabeth, then to come back and tell Joseph. Next week, we're going to meet Joseph. We're going to see what his response is to this miracle. Our text tells us. But it's really interesting to see somebody role play it. Miracles touch our lives. All around us. And if we're not careful, we become blind to them. We dismiss them. We excuse them. There's a whole world around us who changes the, world, the word miracle to coincidence. Ah, but I'm a believer. I'm a believer. When a miracle happens, I want to give God the glory. I don't want to take it. I don't want to see a doctor take it. I don't want to see a fireman or a policeman take it. I want God to get the glory. When you and I look at the events of Christmas, when we look at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ to the Virgin Mary, we understand that this miracle touches people's lives. It certainly touched hers, even as it says in the text and in the little video, throughout the ages there will be those who will say, Mary is blessed. And so it is. She was. Joseph, his life will be touched and changed because of what will transpire. We know that throughout their lives, the community will be touched and impacted because of the miracle of Jesus. We know that the nation of Israel, we know the Roman Empire, we know the world will be changed because of the birth of Jesus Christ. That's a miracle. I ask you this morning, have you ever let the miracle of Jesus Christ touch you? Because it's personal. He personally came for you, for me. He came that he might live, suffer, die, and shed his blood for your sins and mine. That precious little baby had a purpose. So this morning I ask you, as we come to the end of the message, at the end of the service, have you ever humbled yourself before God and said, Lord, yes, I am a sinner. And I truly, sincerely believe in Jesus Christ. And I want to accept him as my savior. This is a miracle. The birth of Jesus that can become your miracle. Because God promises that if we will receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, He will transform us. He will change who we are spiritually. We die to the old man and we become a new person in Christ. Jesus called it being born again. 
Nicodemus said, how can that happen? That's impossible. That would be a miracle. And Jesus said, yeah. You can't go back into your mother's womb, so true. But every person is born once of the water and should be born of the Spirit. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. So I challenge you this morning, come to Christ. I challenge you that are Christians, let that miracle be a part of your life. Don't dismiss it, excuse it, pass it by. Don't take it for granted. It doesn't wear out and become old. It's the miracle that has changed our lives and our eternity. So as we wrap up the service, as we sing a song of invitation, if today is the day you need to receive Christ as your Savior, then come. Let me have somebody open the Bible for you. Let us answer your questions. Let us pray with you that today you might receive that miracle for you. Thank you so much for coming and being in the Lord's house this morning. Next Sunday morning, we're going to meet Joseph. So be sure and be here. You don't want to miss it. And we're going to look at obedience. Doing what God has asked us to do next Sunday morning. Thank you for being in the Lord's house. I hope you come tonight for the kids' programs, baptism this evening. And if you are afraid to come to the altar, but you know you need to receive Christ, please talk to me before you leave. Let me set up a time to sit down and personally talk to you, answer your questions and pray with you. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we go. Help us to go forth into this world who has marketed and materialized Christmas and help us instead to lift up and to show the world the miracle of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. Amen, we're dismissed.